So if you're anything like Axel, you're probably on your fourth D&D campaign and are really struggling to generate new NPC names. Or maybe you're like me and you just insist on giving names to every single one of your spacemen. Or maybe you're having a baby here soon and you're sick and tired of all those boring baby naming books. Well then, I suggest you pick up Naming Your Little Geek by Scott Rubin. A perfect compendium of names from all over pop culture, complete with brief character synopses, origins, and root words. A fascinating read on its own, but really useful if you're trying to find a non-pun name for your Wi-Fi. Use the link in our description below and get naming. Welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Lord Commander Orc, and with me as always is... His shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today, man? It is... it's going. It's going. <laughs> yeah, it is going in such a way that I don't feel like uh, vomiting all that all over the recording, so... Oh, one of those days. Yeah, so let's just move on. Uh, that sucks. I had an interesting one today. Right. Uh, it's long. Well, my daughter has started school, and today was the first time that Slagathor was at work, and my daughter was at school, and I had the house to myself, and I had the thought of, oh no, this quiet, I'm alone with my thoughts. This is how I start day drinking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I get that. I've I've recently discovered this this rum that's like, uh, it's called like Blackheart or something. It's, it's got a pirate lady on the front, which is just good marketing. And it's delicious and like 46%. I'm like, this is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. No, I still have your rum, by the way. I'm like, well, that's going to stay here till the next time he visits because I don't know anyone in my house that drinks that. You should probably just toss it because that's rum cream. I doubt that's going to stay good. Well, I'm listen, I'm a cheap bastard in that I'll drink it before I waste it, but... Well, I'm just telling you know that, it, yeah, it's a cream, so you probably don't want to just leave it in there for very long. Well, then I might Similarly, toss it. I've recently had coconut rum chata, and that stuff is delicious too. I mean, that all tracks. But it's just one of those funny things, like ah, oh, it's 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 weird to have this much quiet in a place that is never this quiet. Yeah, understandable. How's Maya like in the the school? Ah, uh, she loves it. Excellent. Yeah, no, she's doing great. Everything's going great. It's just, it's, it's a real head trip. I'm sure lots of other first time parents are out there. Long time parents are like, yeah, just this, this first week of they're in school. And you're like, I have my, I have, I have a part of my life back now. What am I going to do with it? And my instinct being, I'm on a drink. Like, no, that is not the correct instinct. Bad, bad Ulrich. Well, it's only bad if you, well, okay. It's, it's the start of a bad journey. So Listen, I have a few personal rules. One of my personal rules is I do not drink before noon, except on holidays and special occasions. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and today was neither. I mean, you could argue it was, but I'm not. Going to I, I'm sorry. Third day of school doesn't really have the same. No, no, I'm not a drunk. I'm celebrating my daughter's third day of school. I mean, first day of school, I would have. Well, maybe no, not first. No, no, actually, here's how it works. Because you don't do first day because you have to be prepared for if something goes wrong. You don't do second day because the first day might be a, you know, an exception. But by the third day, it's a pattern. You can get away with it. <laughs> I feel like you're enabling my drinking here. I didn't say I wasn't. <laughs> 
Anyways, speaking of enablers, let's talk about our patrons, the wonderful, wonderful people that enjoy this show so much they choose to fund it. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Abe, Vey, Brendan Agnew, John Vittles, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Dona Lucy, Patrick Anderson, Carson L, Scott Ribbon, Derek Takati, and Peter Cook. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. 25 cents is the cost of entry. $5 gets you the bonus bonus content that's the spiel folks now, anyways we are, we're beginning bootober aren't we yes this is the official start of bootober it's back again with that same dumb name we've always had is this our sixth year something like yeah this is year this is year five or six i can't quite remember yeah i because i thought we already celebrated the five year but i i have time is such a stupid construct at this point yes i think we're in year six but if we're on year five i would be surprised we're on heading into year six of the podcast i just don't know if we did bootober that first year or not i don't think we called it that i think we did like no no we've had bootober since the beginning because we Lagathor suggested it and we're like that's a great placeholder name we'll be figure something out better before the actual recording and it's been bootober ever since I guess the easiest way would be to look up when Disney's Punisher and The Last Jedi came out, because our first episode was around that, so we could figure out. Oh, the podcast starts in January, so yeah, this might be only the fifth year. Okay, we'll call it fifth year then. I'd rather be be on the safe side. Anyway, so fifth Bootober, woo! That means we should do something special, but we're not going to, because fuck that. Yeah, but we're going to do Bootober episodes, which means we're going to talk about Halloween and or scary and or creepy related topics and or campy related topics that are scary. We're 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 unfurling that umbrella and talking about all the fun stuff, but not serial killers because that just makes us sad. We did that like four times. And <laughs> it, it got progressively done. sadder and we're like, yeah, no, we're done. If you want to go back and listen to those episodes, those are a fun march into madness of like, this is a good idea. Like, oh, fuck, in what have last, we done? In the last one, we brought on someone who was at the time going through school to study stuff like that. And that was a fine enough way to end that. Series. Yeah, we're like, and we're done. We've talked to people like, I want to make this my education and good for her she did cool yeah so no i actually sidebar it could be a whole conversation about it's interesting to me that i would argue the holiday most related to camp and the concept of camp is halloween which funny considering that on the surface it should be about scare creepy but like i don't know something about it's a holiday that's a loved by children and adults so you get the whole spectrum but that's not what we're here to actually talk about. Well, we kind of are, ironically I mean, a enough. Bit. It's a good segue. Yeah, fair enough. Well, anyway, tell the lovely Legion what it is we're actually discussing. We're talking about our personal journeys into horror and how we got here, why we got here, what we love, all that good stuff. Because, well, I love talking about myself and you guys love listening to us talk about us. So, Which really means that this is a rambling, no real topic episode with the light bit of also start with like childhood stories and figure it out yeah because <laughs> that's how this goes well it's just always interesting like whenever at least personally whenever i meet someone who's new into horror i love to find out their origin like okay when did it start for you and something like oh i watched fucking nightmare on elm street when i was four and i go oh okay well, that funny. that's an experience yeah well it's funny because the the journey quote unquote the journey right it's not necessarily a straight line by any means in my case i would argue that i have experienced horror movies since i was very young but I, and i still am not a huge horror movie fan hence why Ulrich in a previous recording pointed out that my particular opinions on a horror movie are really not to be 
taken seriously by most people. Not that my opinions are completely invalid. I mean, they are, but not to say that. But I didn't really start appreciating what I do appreciate about horror until fairly recently. Yeah, but I would argue that you've still kind of dipped your toe in. Because if you are like me, your favorite time of year was when the cartoon switched to the Halloween episodes. I mean, not really. but that's Really? Oh, okay. Well, it's only because I saw the Scooby-Doo shaggy's a werewolf thing way too many times the reluctant werewolf oh man oh, i love that shit i loved yeah, I all of that, that. I, I love scooby-doo but I, I think that's just that i recognize that as being bad when i was young <laughs> maybe it was but i always loved the halloween ones because the halloween ones were when the shows got weird there were some holiday shows that i agree with you like i have a vague memory of watching a bunch of the cartoon cartoons do good Halloween stuff. But I remember also feeling a little disappointed because Courage did better shit all year round. Yes, but Courage is like the lucky charms of cereal. It's always good. And then the Halloween episodes, like that once a year when you got... If you're listening to this and you don't know what Courage the Cowardly Dog is... Go correct that because it's yeah, it's it's good. It holds up. I don't know. I lost my metaphor halfway through, but the Halloween episodes were when my normal boring shows got a little bit weird and a little bit creepy. At least once a year, we got the fun movies. Scooby Doo on Zombie Island being a seminal childhood moment. That one I'll agree with. Plus, I remember that being when Disney release would always play like Hocus Pocus on. Yeah, the Hocus Pocus. So, yeah, I want to start with that one. And let's like, you know, start earliest childhood stuff. So my earliest experience with horror as a genre i believe was either a nightmare on elm street or child's play oh geez i don't don't remember which one specifically but i remember both of them fucking me up quite a bit for different reasons as as they will i think it was child's play and the reason why i think child's play was first is because once i saw nightmare it completely subsumed my thoughts about anything else and I was I was terrified in general and had nightmares for about a month until I had this. And I was probably about five, I think five. And I had this moment because uh, I think I saw Nightmare. It wasn't even the first one. It was uh, Dream Warriors. Which is pretty, somehow even the that's even the harder core one. Yeah. I mean, that image of Freddie marionetting the guy with his yeah, hands. That's that Wes Craven's firing on all cylinders and he's got a budget. Yeah, so that was me, five years old, I saw that, and so that was in my head for about a month, and then I came to some, I came to a realization, well, I don't even know if that's the right word, I had this moment where I went, okay, if if I see Freddy Krueger, then by the very nature of him, I know I'm dreaming, and therefore I can take control of the dream. And so, like, that night, I had a night, I started off as a nightmare with Freddy Krueger showing up, and I don't know why this is what dream me went to but i just turned myself into a blob so that his stabbing did nothing to me it's a sound strategy and then it was just funny and i never had a nightmare about freddy krueger after that yeah see i didn't have that whole experience because when i was a kid we never got diagnosed but i had horror horrible nightmares like that was just me as a kid and stuff would stick in my head forever so i didn't really do horror movies i still remember i had nightmares for like a week because I came home from trick-or-treating and my dad was watching the original House on Haunted Hill, which isn't scary at all. But there's a scene where blood leaks from the ceiling and lands on a woman's face. And Vincent Price goes, ah, the house has selected its first victim. And just the thought of walls bleeding freaked little four-year-old me out. But I also kind of loved monsters and spooky shit. So like 
I grew up watching Godzilla because if you grew up in the 90s and had access to basic, basic cable, they ran that during the weekdays. But also you had a or you were like me and you had a milk crate full of VHS that came later. (laughs) But I would also watch, you know, weekend things when they would rerun the classic movie monsters, you know, the blob dracula so i had that stuff very early on because my mom loved that and it was like it's not scary enough but in my mind it was scary so it's like oh i can watch this and enjoy this and that was my first tentative steps but i still spent most of my childhood and adolescence just freaked out by any idea of any scary movies because the image is stuck in my brain and what's funny is i remember watching when i was very young i never watched the classic horror movie things like i've never seen the lugosi in an actual dracula film oh it's good well i think it's good i believe that i've never watched the original frankenstein what i did watch were all the abbott and costello things yeah i just watched abbott and costello meet the frankenstein and that is some of the funniest shit still like, I don't remember a single detail from Evan Costello meet the Wolfman, but I remember loving it when I was young. <laughs> yeah, that was the other one that kind of went in that Evan Costello. And I think it was just like the be- beginnings, because for those of you who don't remember, TV was nothing. TV has changed so dramatically, I can't even begin to describe it. But even then, local networks were like, it's October. We need to fill the Saturday blocks. We've got the Three Stooges and the Mummy. We've got Scooby-Doo. We've got the Blob. We've got all this, you know cheap to license free to license shit and that's where it kind of started and again getting there big scooby-doo i kind of i love that supernatural creepy thing but of course i also avoided it and i know i've talked about this but i i don't still know the story my parents were watching kubrick's the shining and that one i still have a thing with the shining i rewatched doctor sleep recently and i fucking got goosebumps just when they played the theme song oh and they flew to the overlook like oh fuck this has oh it's so good the part where the woman climbs out of the it doesn't even climb out of the bath she just it's the bath and that woman i'm like oh and there there it is childhood trauma okay Hmm. fair so yeah that one deep seated in my head my mom always had a theory which is you could watch any scary movie you wanted as long as you watch it during the day and you had a blanket and no she would (laughs) she would always try because my mom loves horror movies and she would always try and find tamer ones that we could all watch as a family because you know all my brothers various ages like oh let's find some things and we tried with a couple things and i don't know where my i will never forgive her for poltergeist and her logic being it's only rated pg it can't be that bad yeah poltergeist did that to everyone that's kind of the point of poltergeist (laughs) yeah no i don't know if that's the origin of my fear of clowns or the it mini series but somewhere in there Clowns joined the cavalcade of things that freak Ulrich out. I have no idea if I've seen Poltergeist. I think I have. Oh, Poltergeist I, is good, but oh I boy. couldn't tell you a detail from it though. Again, there's a, there's a lot of those horror movies that I I saw one way or another when I was young that I don't remember very much. I do remember watching the the It miniseries because I definitely remember Stephen uh, Tim Curry's performance, especially the bit where he comes out of the shower drain and gets the werewolf teeth. Yeah. That got me in my head a lot. And I don't then... remember much else of it. I also, one that fucked me up for a long time, and I didn't even know what it was. I was at, I was think I was like seven, seven or something like that. And I, we were at a Halloween party. I don't remember the context at all. I just remember that it wasn't like a kid party. I just happened to be there because like my mother was at the party or something. And I think there were other kids, but only like a couple of them. And there was a TV 
and there was this movie on the TV, and I didn't know what the movie was at first, but I remember there being this creature in it that looked kind of like a xenomorph, but gray and still had eyes and like more skeletal. And then years later, I found out the movie was Pumpkinhead. Yeah, my brain was like, he's describing Pumpkinhead. Yeah, but I, I didn't know that's what it was at the time. I just knew that that thing scared me. And there was this like moment of it just like the camera in front of it as it's moving forward and doing this thing with its hands. And yeah, it fucked me up for a long time. <laughs> no, I had similar experience to that. Uh, my brother had friends over and he had, you know, this little VHS and they were, you know, watching it when my parents were out because it was R rated. And for years, the only thing I knew about this movie is there was a little silver ball that had a drill bit on it. Fucking phantasm. <laughs> and that haunted me. Like, what the fuck is that thing? I have no idea if Phantasm is holds up because I have not seen it in at this point 20 years, but I fucking love Phantasm like on paper and in my memory. Like, I want to was... go back and rewatch it because it's like, you know what? I need to close that one. That was one of the first horror movies that I didn't even really think of as a horror movie, but I do remember the sequence of the ball chasing someone through the bright colored halls. And I like it stands out, in my, but the tall man is such a cool like character and his image. I don't remember the, any details in the movie. I just remember loving it. <laughs> yeah. So no, most of my childhood experiences with horror movies terrified the fuck out of me. I Which... love that when, uh, by the way, when Slender Man became a thing and became super popular on the internet, I kept telling people, I'm like, fucking Phantasm, he's, he's, he, if he's not inspired by the tall man, then they're pulling inspiration from the same source. Yeah. And I mean, basic stuff freaks people out on the level that's all the same. But yeah. yeah. I'm just, I root for, I root for Phantasm. It's just one of those things. Yeah, no, I definitely like, I kind of went, because I, I recently, I went on a, like a B-movie horror binge and I rewatched Ghoulies, uh, not Ghoulies, uh, Critters. Mm, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm aware of Critters. I Critters think. is so good because every time I watch it, I forget how much money and time they spend setting up all the space shit. Oh, by the way, before we kept going, I wanted to ask, because again, I never watched Pumpkinhead beyond that, that party thing. I remember hearing... I heard some people who were like Wicca witch people, not that were in my general, like my family's social circle, not like it because they thought it was too on the nose for like stuff they actually believed. And I remember hearing other like people not being into it because R rated, particularly gory. Have you watched it in like memory age? Because I don't know anything about it, really. No, it's a there's a there's like a dozen of them because that came out under full moon and they produced a lot of straight to DVD, straight to VHS. The Puppet Master people? These are the Puppet Master people. This is the house yeah. the Puppet Master built. Yeah, yeah. I know I know Full Moon from Puppet Master. Um I watched Pumpkinhead in the last decade. The only thing I remember, and they change continuities as they do with all these things, is it's the standard there's a group of teenagers and they're drinking and they're having fun and they hit and kill a mentally disabled kid and so his father goes to the local swamp witch to invoke the wrath of Pumpkinhead, who is okay. the avenging spirit of the hill folk huh. the hill okay hill folk. i say hill folk because hillbilly feels offended i am a i am a member of the hill folk and it's hill like william or hill folk no no i like the term hill folk it just i feel like hill folk inherently conjures more terrifying imagery than hillbilly which it should like hillbilly like again i will say hillbilly as a fun yes Hill, 
Hill Folk feels like the hills have eyes and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, that's the other direction I was turning. Because, again, I'm a hillbilly. I do not prefer the term hillbilly. I prefer Hill William or Hill Folk. <laughs> but, yeah, that's the whole one. And I don't. There's, like, weird voodoos mixed in there. But it's a grab bag because it was, like, a late 80s, early 90s. They went into the storage closet that would someday become a spirit Halloween and just grab stuff off the wall. Okay. And the best thing about Pumpkinhead is the design is really cool and evocative and creepy. Yeah. Again, that image of it stands out in my memory, and I just Google searched it. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't remember the head brain being visible, but I definitely remember the the shape language and the arms. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the weird thing. And I, I know it's not true, but it feels true in my memory that the 90s, we really had this boom of slasher movies following Scream. Yeah. Then... there's a lot of to unpack there but i'll just let that be i like scream scream 2 and scream 4 i will tell you this that i i went and watched the scream anniversary i don't know what year it was but they released it in theaters oh that must have been 20 i think it was 2016 maybe no no this would have been this would have been like two years ago because oh so it would have been another one maybe it's 92 i just know the person that i was dating uh is like a super fan of Scream, so they wanted to go see it. And I will tell you one thing that I've watched a number of horror movies now in theaters, and while Scream didn't have me covering my face like like Barbarian did, for instance, it I did find it like scary. The tension is good is well built. It's Wes Craven, man. I mean it undercuts its own tension a bunch, but I thought Scream yeah. was fun. No, and that's like the other thing is again, we grew up in the nineties. We I felt like everyone was talking about the latest dumb slash movie and there was a bunch there was the i know you what you did last summer series yes they got parodied into oblivion was good until they tried to turn it into friday the 13th essentially oh it was always bad like go back i know what you did last summer is bad and then they just kept getting worse i'll admit that at for that one my knowledge comes almost exclusively from dead meat which sidebar if you're someone who finds like movies and stories and stuff interesting but you can't really handle like actual horror movies for jump scares or whatever the channel dead meat and the show kill count really great for just learning about like cool horror movie trivia final destination was a big one there for a bit yeah no exactly because like i had no respect for final destination for a long time i still don't until i watched the kill count dead meats and found out just how how practical like yeah final destination is there's this one kill that involves a a wire fence going through a guy and then his parts fall in two different directions and it's done completely practically and they showed like behind the scenes footage of how they did this it's really neat i will get they do they that's right they do deserve respect for the craft i just i this story always bugged me Uh, i mean yeah there's nothing i don't disagree with that the story although it's got tony todd in it yeah you really (laughs) but anyways i was a total chicken shit with horror until Freddy versus Jason came out, which is not a horror movie in the least. No, but that's a wrestling movie. Yes, I mean that as a positive. But this is—I always talk about this is my introduction. This is when horror clicked for me because I had a friend. You know, he was—he—he he came over, hang out for the night, and his family—they used to buy movies on DirecTV. Those of you that remember DirecTV and renting movies through that, and they would record it on the VCR. Then they had copies of every movie that they had. So he brought it over, and of course, we had to watch it because that was the big movie that everyone was talking about was Freddy versus Jason, who was going to win. And I was getting too old to be a chicken shit about horror. So I'm like, all right, well, I, I got to watch this. And then I discovered something about horror movies I didn't know before. They have lots of boobies. 
Yeah, yes, yes, they do. And I'm like, oh, well, if I had known this all this time, I wouldn't have, you know, waited so long. And Freddy vs. Jason isn't really scary. It's fun and it's dumb and it's stupid. But it also clicked the other part of my brain. It's like, wait, there's lore to this? Well, I must learn this lore. Well, I will say that that is one of my things I've realized is that I really get into horror movies that have sets of rules and mythology and like stuff like that. So I weirdly actually I got to back up a bit because my favorite horror movie franchise basically doesn't do any of that, despite that being what I really like for horror movies. So I don't know how to explain that one. But before I get any further, there's at least one more thing I saw when I was young that was stuck in my head forever and I've never been able to find what it was even though I know exactly what show it's from I don't know what episode it's from which is there was a show when we were young girl called Tales from the Crypt that kicks ass first yep. of all basically black mirror but with horror clichés for the people who don't know what an anthology is <laughs> and it had this cool mummy dude who the crypt keeper Slagathor's arch nemesis her arch nemesis you don't listen to Bootober then. Or not Bootober, Geeks Who Haunt. No, I, I I can swear I've heard this before. I just don't remember the details. Yes, uh, Slagathor has an ongoing feud with the Crypt Creeper over copyright use of the intro, which she claims is fair use and he claims is not. And Oh, I had no I didn't know yeah, that one's new to me. I think Yes, our other podcast has lore that involves our producer fighting with a desiccated corpse. Okay. Anyway, there is some episode of of Tales from the Crypt that involves a clown ghost. Oh, fuck that noise. Yeah, and I, I don't know the context. I, I've read that there's one about a clown puppet, but I don't remember this being yeah, a even episode. Better. What I remember is that as the clown moves, like it's the ghost, so its legs don't move. So it does that thing where like its its top half is never shifting as it's moving towards you. And it was doing this thing where like its head would shift around and a knife it was holding, it would like lick the knife. And then I just Ooh. have this in my head of it grabbing this person, I think it was a woman, and like just dragging her away as it's doing the twitching thing. And that image fucked me up for a long time. I have n- I've never been able to refine it, Mostly because I want to get that closure, right? Yeah. So here's the thing about Tales from the Crypt. You can only buy it in DVD. You cannot stream it anywhere because of rights holding reasons. Everyone's fighting over who owns it. Yeah, And like I'm on the Tales from the Crypt episode wiki page right now. I did a control F on the word clown and I only see the the clown puppet. So maybe that wasn't even a clown. Maybe I was like mixing things up. I remember that image of the thing dragging. Well, there's also Tales from the Dark Side, which was big around that same time. Maybe it was that. I'm not sure. I know that I did. I did love there was a Tales from the Crypt episode. that was the three little pigs, but horror, which was great. I love that. But after I got, I don't know, old enough to kind of control what I watched. So 12 or so because i had my own access to like a tv at that point i basically cold turkey stopped experiencing horror things for a long time (laughs) see that's funny because i went the other direction because i'm like oh there's lore and i went back and watched every nightmare on elm street i could every halloween i could every friday the 13th i could i started following all of these and just going like no no i want to know all about these movies and all the goods and all the bads and because it's 80s schlock, there's a lot of boobies and, you know, 
teenage me is like, this is violent and there's nudity and I don't yet know what's good and what's bad. So I'm going to watch all this and digest it. And like, eh, it's all varying degrees of good. I would watch horror adjacent things like I watched Gremlins plenty when I was young. See, Gremlins isn't a horror movie. It's a Christmas movie. Um, debatable. But the point is, I said horror adjacent. Yeah. Also, I'm just going to get to have this more now. We've done an episode, at least Slagathor and I have, like, the weird nebulous nature of horror genres. If you want to call it horror, that's fine. I'm not going to go down that path because it's just, it's dumb and reductive. That's why I'm saying for purposes of what I'm talking about, the stuff that I would still watch would be things that would have elements of the horror genre. But for one reason or another, I wouldn't quite put there. For example, I I went and saw Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Not not in theaters because I didn't know about it. But I, I don't I think anyone it. did. I, I I could be wrong, but I feel like Cabin in the Woods was a sleeper hit. Yeah, and a friend of mine had it on like DVD. And the only reason why I know I didn't see it in the theaters, is, I shouldn't say that. The only reason, but I just have this very strong memory of. By the way, spoilers for the Cabin in the Woods, which is a fucking awesome movie. And I feel like if you're listening to this podcast in particular, you know and love Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying it's possible. But it is possible. There's a point in the movie where a bunch of characters, or I shouldn't say that, two characters. Go into an elevator, and at that point, I literally paused the movie, jumped up, looked at my friend who had brought it in the first place, and went, "Got no fucking way! They're actually doing it! They're doing the whiteboard!" And he looked at me with this big smile, like, "Yeah." I went, "Ah!" <laughs> it was one of the best, like, just moments of someone showing me something where my emotion overtook me, and I had to just get it out there, which is cool. Yeah. Anyway, that was what 2012, something like that. 2012, 2011, somewhere in there. Because yeah, that's so, once I've entered what I call my Slagathor period of horror. Yeah, exactly. And besides that, I don't know. I can't think of like much. I mean, I liked philosophical stuff that had horror adjacent elements like the Twilight Zone and, and whatnot. Oh, I used to watch the Twilight Zone marathon every year for New Year's. Yeah, but the, the, the first time, though, that I started really appreciating horror as an adult and as a genre itself was with Halloween mm-hmm. was going back. And I don't remember whose idea it was, but someone was like, right, let's watch the original Halloween. And, and I love that. And it's probably my favorite movie that would be classified as horror. Either that or alien, but I consider alien horror sci-fi. And again, genres are fucking stupid. As far as like a pure horror genre movie, Halloween is my favorite. And it doesn't follow any of that. Halloween. There's, there's not really mythology about Michael no, Myers, I mean, there kind of is. There he gets to be, but that first one is just pure. It's it's a dude. He's a monster. Maybe he's supernatural. Maybe he's not. It doesn't really matter it's, for the it's purpose of the story. Design, camera angles. It's, it's like, Carpenter at his operate. Well, not Carpenter is best. Carpenter is best is the thing, but it's Carpenter yeah. flexing his muscles. Even though I like Halloween more than the thing from a personal standpoint, I will agree with you. The thing is Carpenter firing on a hundred percent across the board. I think the thing is his best film. I will though concede halloween is his best scored film oh yeah like that I mean, the that the that, theme song is iconic for a reason yes i mean that is basically the soundtrack to horror to slasher yes. specific yes Even though i like that fun fact basically halloween was a pseudo sequel to was it black christmas so yeah and that vibe yeah black christmas oh boy yeah. Anyway, point was just that it, Halloween is usually seen as the essentially the progenitor of the slasher film. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, you know, you're yeah. going to have someone that's go, well, what about Psycho? I'm like, well, Psycho was a drop in the bucket that didn't really start the trend. Like, yes, 
grandfathered in. Great, fine. Halloween kind of started this trend of, oh, we can make these cheap. We can market them to teenagers and we can make a bunch of money on the back end. I also say, and yes, I'm being semantic and pedantic at the same time. I would call Psycho a proto slasher. I wouldn't actually call it a slasher. Yeah, it's still on thrillers, but we're not touching that whole thing. But no, interestingly, my game, I call my Slagathor phase of horror came about when uh, Slagathor or I, I can't remember, one of us was getting a tattoo and our tattoo artist put on the Evil Dead, yeah. the original. And I saw I saw Cabin in the Woods before I saw Evil Dead. I had seen Evil Dead at some point in my horror binging phase. Luckily, the cool thing about Cabin in the Woods, I'll let you get back to your story in a sec, is that it played around with the kind of things that I just knew from cultural osmosis, which is really fascinating when a movie can Oh, do that. 100%. So it's like a it was her getting the tattoo. And I just remember I had seen Evil Dead. I knew what to expect. But my tattoo artist comes around and he's like, hey, Hope y'all are okay with true rape because uh, we're going to watch the evil dead while we do this. And Slagathor <laughs> has this look of what the fuck is about to go. I'm like, don't worry. You'll like it. It's a horror movie. And of course she did. And she put the idea into our head of like, hey, you know, every year for October, my husband and I, we watch horror movies all October long. And Slagathor, I'm like, oh, that'd be fun. Because at the time we had no TV except for DVD rentals or owning it. And we used to go to Hastings, that fabulous place we've talked about a lot. And we did 31 days of horror movies, good, bad, everything in between. And that's where I really started to develop my horror palette. And I realized that Slagathor is kind of, you know, a tiger shark in horror, horror movies. She just eats it all the same I and occasionally shark, coughs up a way, boot. I, I think I tossed mine at some point. I do think it's funny that, I think the way that I consume horror movies that I like is very much the opposite of the way that Slagathor does, which is fine. It's just funny that when we do overlap pretty well, because she's a big fan of, say, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yep. I'm a big fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, but I, it seems like the reasons why we're fans of those are are very different. Again, <laughs> okay. Slagathor's ingestion of horror is fascinating to watch because... When she hits on something she really loves, she really loves it. And it's genuinely really good. But she will also hit on things that are just genuinely bad. Like, for example, the one you both love that I but cannot stand I bring it up. is yeah. Dead Silence. So I'm not claiming Dead Silence is good, necessarily. I think that the actors are all are pretty much all subpar. The effects are eh. But I think that the storyline is very mid. But yeah, Dead Silence is fun dead silence is ridiculous fun that exactly follows a set of rules that i adore it has a basic conceit that allows scenes to be atmospheric in a way that is very specific to its set of rules also if you're listening to this and you have no idea what i'm talking about james wan the guy who made the conjuring he's and saw and aquaman and insidious him and lewinell both pioneered saw together well, anyway, point is, before that, he made a movie called Dead Silence, which is definitely him working out how. Yes. Kind of, you can tell it's a growth. Oh, he's, I think they're real young. This, I think that comes out before. It might be before Saw or just after Saw. But the basic idea of Dead Silence is that there is a a doll, actually a set of dolls, but they're An like evil doll. Dummies. Yeah, the children's dummies, and they get sent to people, and as long and they they when they activate, quote unquote it cuts out this, the ambient sound entirely. And as and then the doll will try to scare the intended victim. And if the intended victim makes any sound, then the doll kills them and rips out their tongue. 
But it sounds the, better the, than it is. If the person makes no sound, they're fine. And the main character figures it out pretty quick. And so then it literally becomes a movie where the plot is that of a scare house where the creature and the things that it's coming from are doing everything they can to get the main character to scream. And his goal is to not do that. And so that's what I mean when I say like the conceit is just really strong and the execution is just eh, eh. but the conceit carries a lot of it for me. Plus it's got great sound design. Some of the best. James Wan is really knows how to use sound design or again, his other big strength lack thereof. It's funny. I do feel like with dead silence, Slagathor and I's reasons are probably actually similar as yeah. opposed to where Nightmare where I think we have different reasons. But but yeah. the funny thing about that is I hated Dead Silence. She loved Dead Silence. So when she saw the advertisement for The Conjuring that said from the director of Dead Silence, she's like, well, we got to see that. When I saw it, she was like, okay, that looks legitimately scary. And we went and we saw it, we loved it. And like, oh, this dude really gets horror. And this is when I began to follow, you know, like horror directors outside of my core at the time was Craven, Carpenter, and Romero. I'm like, well, those are the three, you know, they can't do anything bad. And I got bad news for folks. They all did very bad things at various points but in their career. As a quick as a quick additional note, my favorite John Carpenter film was not even a I mean, probably is Halloween, but I, I just really want to bring up They Live. I love They Live so much and it's aged so perfectly. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. I just want any excuse to mention they live because the only thing that really survived from it is the fight scene, which admittedly is pot is one of the top five greatest fight scenes in cinema history ever and still holds up. I finally got Slagathor to admit that she likes it. Awesome. She hated it for the longest time because like it's such a dumb fight. Why won't he just put on the glass? Like you do not understand the dynamic of male friendship. Yeah, that's kind of what's great about it is that it's not like movie fights. It's a it's a brawl, a true brawl. Over something so like, but they're being so stupid. Like, you yeah. are a woman and you don't understand. It's it's more complicated than that. It's really honestly, I would say it's not. Part of the appeal of it is that they're fighting over something so stupid. And it's like, yeah, they're fighting over it because they're really fighting over something else entirely. But anyway. Yes. Anyway. But yeah, no. So yeah, it's great. George Romero is the one of the names you said that I have no particular connection to. Don't get me wrong, I respect the the zombie franchise that he created, you know, with that with Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Living Dead and whatnot. But I am one of those people who has never been into zombies in any form, in any medium. When the zombie craze was happening around the first time of the first season of The Walking Dead and like Zombieland and all that shit, it just made me tired from the get-go. For those of you who don't know, Axel was a hipster without being a hipster in his 20s. I guess. <laughs> you hated things that were popular. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not going to argue that. I, I feel like a lot of times I hated things that were popular for individual reasons not because they were popular no but there was some pedanticness to it that we all have in our 20s yeah sure i mean i still don't care for zombies oh no i i got i'm i i don't hate zombies but living through the zombie craze burned me out so incredibly hard on zombies that it's just like i know there's good ones out there i recognize train to busan is good and it has its merits but it's still a fucking zombie movie and for that i just i can't raise the flag yeah i would say that probably the biggest target i can put on my back in regards to this conversation is that that's the reason why i've never played or watched the last of us i know that they're not 
technically zombies because they're cordyceps, which are honestly terrifying in reality. But the, I'm just not interested. The all. Last of Us is fun because it did the thing that Walking Dead should have done from the beginning. And it treated the, the virus as the catalyst for the collapse of society and then goes, now, how many fucked up monsters can we make out of people being, you know, people without restraints? Oh, yeah. And there's zombies over here in the background. But that's not the interesting yeah, bits. Like how does society as someone, as someone who didn't watch the walking dead but had a lot of friends who did i feel like the problem i was told was that it does exactly that well the, the problem was heard... it reset every season oh, okay because the See, joke i heard was that that show was arguing also some zombies yes no the zombies were good and it, it had that it did so well the first season it's like okay well the zombies wipe the slate now what happens to the terrible people how do people change like okay cool but oh, literally way, every season ended with a clean slate wipe by the way in that horror adjacent conversation i mentioned earlier of movies i watched i'd also put predator which is not a horror movie but oh, it is it, it plays in there but anyways so yeah no in my 20s binging lots and lots of bad horror movies mm. because Again, I was like, it's got Carpenter's name on it. It's got Romero's name. It has to be good. And I learned that produced by does not means mean nothing. the same thing as produced directed by. means fuck all. Exactly. I learned that terrible lesson. And we watched a lot of really terrible horror. We watched a lot of really good horror. And I filled in backlogs in my gaps. And I just kind of figured out like, okay, what do I like from my horror? And it all came out to, I like a good story. I, I almost want a mystery to it. Yeah, I... Okay. I don't really feel like I need either of those things for good horror. I feel like what I what I latch on to are good systems, which is weird because I feel like that's the way you talk about video games. But horror for me is at its most effective. OK, the mystery thing you said, I will agree with that. That usually the scariest stuff is stuff that is very unknown. We've talked in other recordings before about how one of the worst things a horror series can do is explain everything yes well you want a little bit of that you want like what is this thing in the woods why is it there you want that mystery to kind of get you through so you're kind of going through uh the expression i heard is good comedy and good horror kind of the same function you need to draw people into your story so that when you have the big climax action you get the reaction you want yeah well plus both are trying to evoke a very specific primal emotional response yep. not that all fiction doesn't to one degree or another try to evoke an emotional response but like horror and comedy have this very specific thing where we're trying to get there's an like, overlap for a reason yeah we're trying to get a very like almost instant adrenaline kind of experience well it's also there, there's a lot of the same structure i'm telling you a story i'm drawing you in i want you to be sucked into my story so that when i hit you with the punchline, you laugh or or afraid or if i'm doing the other one and that's why again i discovered a love of black comedies which mm -hmm. I, I always knew i had a dark sense of humor and discovering black comedies like tucker and dale versus evil yeah was great. oh i okay i like this kind of thing i love this stupid humor but i also love that it's juxtaposition juxtaposized against oh that dude just got fed into a wood chipper it makes me so mad that we're just never gonna get tyler Levine as coop I just, yeah, I will never let that. That's one of my axe to grinds for the rest of my life. That's going in the alt universe finder along with the Del Toro universe, where Del Toro got to make all the movies he ever wanted. Yeah, if if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Tucker and Dale, 
see what I said about Cabin in the Woods. Same, same. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a ter- The name held me back for so long because I'm like, that's just a dumb name. Obviously, it's a riff on Hillbilly Whore, and I don't want to watch it. And then Slagathor said, "I'm tired of looking at it. We're renting it." And we did. I'm like, "Oh, this is the greatest thing ever." And it no, is all of those things. It is a riff on Hillbilly Whore. No, I like. I like black comedy a lot, but I've also realized in the last few years, I kind of just want comedy in every genre to a degree that when a movie doesn't have like any comedy, it it really feels, I don't know, edgy and uninteresting. I think that's one of my big problems with Dune is the absolute lack of fun. But I mean. uh, we, we've, we've talked around both those things. I don't need comedy and everything. I think it needs to find balance, but I think that comedy and horror go hand in hand like chocolate and peanut butter because again it's a lot of that same build up same stuff and it works so well because if it's genuinely trying to scare you when you get to laugh instead of you know screams like oh i still got that endorphin release that i get either way but i don't feel bad now it's weird to me that horror has this kind of weird stigma among certain film critic circles considering that the actually i might be explaining my own question now that i say this I mean, what's considered to be the birth of the blockbuster was a horror movie. Yes. In Jaws. Yep. Horror is tricky because it's a it's a hard to define genre. It's a very complicated genre. And forever, every really good, really well crafted movie like Neil DaCosta's Candyman, you get a terrifier or a terrifier two. And I had never seen the original Candyman movies. I did watch the the up the. the Nia DaCosta's, yeah, Nia DaCosta's newest one, which is really, really I liked good. It, but I also just really like that actor that they got playing the main guy. Yeah. Like, basically everything he does. And I feel like my relationship to horror has reached the right point, considering that in, I believe it was in 2019, my favorite movie of that year was a horror movie, which was Underwater. Oh, yeah. Which I still love. Although I found out recently that you need a big screen to watch underwater it really if your tv doesn't support it it just won't land the same way yeah no you need a big screen and you need good sound system yeah well i'm just saying because there's a lot of scenes underwater that are literally the the darkness of the bottom of the ocean and they're supposed to be just little bits of stuff visible and if your tv is not set up properly you just won't see any of it yeah uh not gonna spoil it but there's a thing that happens at the end of underwater that my girlfriend couldn't even see oh no yeah so like there's a, a big reveal and she basically couldn't tell what she was looking oh at that that is that's rough so i'm real curious because we are kind of in this golden age of horror tv if that doesn't if that strikes your fancy at all uh let's see the the house on the haunted hill we've got the trailer just dropped for the fall of the house of usher which in flanagan we trust yes <laughs> yeah i have you watched any of his stuff? I don't know. What else has he done? Okay, so in Flanagan We Trust, talking about Mike Flanagan, he has Netflix-wise, uh, had most recently Fall of the House of Usher. He did The Midnight Society. He did uh, Black Midnight Mass. He did Haunting of Bly Manor, and he did Haunting of Hill House. Those are his movies or his TV shows. He's done Doctor Sleep. He's done Oculus. He's done Hush. I've seen Hush. Oh, and he's done Gerald's Game. Hush is the only one of those I've seen, and Hush is awesome. You need to, okay, well, you need to get on the train because the man is a bit of a mad genius, and he's pulled off the impossible of, he seems capable of adapting Stephen King books, and they're not bad. Well, 
Okay. I mean, one thing I love about Hush specifically is how much it does with how little that movie has. Yep. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, five characters. And like in total, I come into Blu-ray, I believe here soon. Yeah. There's the main girl, the main attacker, the one person she talks to on Skype, the boyfriend. Is that it? Just four? I might have counted yeah. the extra one. It's just four characters in the entire movie, and it's amazing. Yeah, guy knows how to. Ger- Gerald's game has three people and involves basically one of the characters is handcuffed to a bed. There's a dead body on the floor, and she's trying to escape. And that's the entire movie. So you yeah, know. Yeah. So I'm at this point now. The last horror movie that I saw, right, was uh, Talk to Me, which I need to see. I don't. It, it's not going to make my top ten of the year, so I might as well just mention it here. Uh, Talk to me is this New Zealand film. It's about a group of young, like high school to college age people who have a hand, a a severed plastic encased or like plaster encased hand. It's of a medium, and they figure out that if you if you hold the hand and light a candle and say a word a phrase, you can summon a spirit, and then the person holding the hand can be possessed. And they use it as a party game, but they they say up up front. You can only be possessed for 90 seconds. If you stay possessed any longer than that, if we don't blow out the candle and end the, the connection, then they won't want to leave. And that's see? basically your gun on the table for how the movie works. Great pitch. I do want to see it. Yeah, no, I've really been in a horror movie mood. I've been watching. I've been doing a lot of schlock because the schlock is readily available. And so I'm, I love a good creature feature. Yeah. So because of that, I, I like... I like horror movies that play with great like systems, have rules. I like watching protagonists try to figure out what the rules of a thing are. Yeah, it's like watching. I, I like. I, I get pissed if the established consistency or rules get altered halfway through the movie. Like, no, that was not the contract you established when we started this thing. What the fuck is this about? Yeah, and I don't like. I, I'm not a. Uh, uh, was it called Gorn? Gore porn? I'm yeah, torture porn. Gore. Yeah, no. There's I'm definitely not... a trend towards how just violent, gross, over the top can we be? And I recognize its place, but also I just don't want to talk to you. Yeah, I tolerate a certain level of jump scares. I do not think they are inherently bad. I think that they do. Serve... Again, see James Wan and what he does with his. Yeah, or hell, Hereditary alone for me is like this is kind of a <laughs> for how jump scares. Are done. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered the meme I posted in the Discord, and that always makes me chuckle. Yes, yes, that, yeah. You're all cowards. That's funny as fuck. I don't care what you say. Point is, I think Hereditary might be the best example of jump scares I've ever seen. It's, anyway. And, but besides that, I, I don't know. I, I have no interest in, I, I feel weird using this term because I can't think of another one. Forced horror? Like, I've seen The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. So I feel like, why does The Nun and The Nun 2 have to exist? Because cinematic universes. I guess, but the whole point of The Conjuring 2 was how they defeat the nun. And it just feels weird to me that even... Now, I could be wrong. I don't know if the nun is actually any good. I've never heard anyone talk oh, about Oh, the that. nun is god-awful. I'm hearing yeah. good things about the nun 2, which is weird because it mirrors the, the trajectory of the Annabelle series. Of The first Annabelle was hot garbage. The second Annabelle movie was really fucking good. And the third one was pretty good. So it's funny, I was talking with my my lady who has no interest in being part of this podcast, so I don't know what to call her, but I'm just going to go with my lady. And she was telling me about how her opinion on horror is, and she said that basically as long as it's something that she knows is fake, then she's fine. So things like 
monsters and you know stuff like that but she says that she can't do things like ghosts because her actual faith allows those things to exist she's i don't know what movie she mentioned but she mentioned watching some like haunted house movie that fucked her up for a long time which i I think it's an interesting line of demarcation there everyone's got their own four rules they kind of stick to hard and fast one of my big ones i stick to hard and fast is you don't get to kill children just for shock value. It needs to serve a greater purpose to your movie. Yeah. Because nothing makes me check out of a movie faster than, oh, we're killing kids. I'm like, why? What purpose did that serve other than, hey, we did that thing that's culturally taboo? Well, not because I'm, I'm wondering. There's a movie I saw recently that is horror adjacent that does have a kid die, but it, I just remember being impressed by it like how they did it and what they did. It, it felt very, it needs to serve a purpose. And like almost all the best deaths in a horror movie, it needs to be earned either by they are cruel and dickish or stupidity. You know what? I'm going to keep what movie it is to myself. Or can I, I I'll talk with you because I'm curious your thoughts, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's listening. Okay. But yeah, no, everyone has their own rules with horror. Some, and I think, I think, I don't know if it's like looking at that, I don't know if that's shaped by my journey into horror because I, again, a lot of this makes sense. Like I grew up watching my instructional horror movies were creature features, which had these big elaborate stories, had these big, you know, rules and lore and story. I mean, admittedly, Nightmare and uh, Friday the 13th, all those ones, they get incredibly more jumbled. But at the time I was consuming them, like, no, no, there's a story. It all connects if you just squint real hard. <laughs> You know, it's funny because that's one of the reasons why I, despite not really liking it that much, I have a lot of respect for Friday the 13th. Because for the most part, the the extent of it is he's immortal. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, in, I think in, in fact, I think in Friday 6, when he first becomes a zombie, it's just a lightning bolt. There's no like cult like there is in the later Halloween. I movies. maintain the last, the, there's only one good Halloween movie and that's Halloween. I like Halloween 2018. And I, I, I think oof. that it's a legitimately great movie. I think Halloween Kills is a really fun movie. I don't like any I, of those. I did not see Halloween Ends. I had no interest in it based on what I heard. But I do think Halloween 2018 is like actually legitimately great. Oh, I was curious. Because now they're going to do the same thing with The Exorcist. They really should. The, okay, I've seen that trailer like three or four times now. And yep. the last time I leaned over to Woundvog and said, the only reason, the only reason to do that so you can reuse that score. That's it. Yeah. No. And that that was the other fun thing. I got to introduce Slagathor to so much classic horror that she had never seen. Like The Exorcist and The Omen. And it was funny. She's like, I get why this is beloved, but this is not for me. Like, that's totally fair because it's fun to see how much what our idea of horror should be has changed. It's like, yeah, no, we're not Catholic, so it's not really as terrifying as it was for my parents who were Catholic and like, oh, no, the devil's going to come up from underneath my bed and possess me any minute now. Anyway, I we're in true ramble territory because we're up to the present at this point. And there are I've seen this year, I think, only two movies that I would call horror movies, both of which I liked. So I watched one I hated and one I liked and the one I hated. I'll just get it out there because it's on Amazon and Amazon pushing it hard. Something's wrong with the children. Fucking sucks. Never even heard of it. Yeah, it's got been pushed big on Amazon and it commits all the cardinal sins I hate in a horror movie. Yeah, fuck it. Don't watch it. It's bad. There's nothing good well, in it. Anyway, if you're listening to this, why don't you tell us what some of the beginning of your horror journey is or if you don't have one, why? Curious. Yeah. 
I again, I think everyone dips their toe in at some point, whether they admit it or not. Like I said, mine being Abbott and Costello, Monster Schlock and Scooby-Doo. I think everyone's got their toe in here at some point, some way. And if not, I am genuinely curious if that's not your thing. And I kind of want to know more. Yeah, that's why I say that I don't think Ulrich is wrong when he tells me that my opinion on horror is not necessarily gospel by any means. And if I tell him something is good or bad, that's not like a, a as much a given as it might be for some other genre. But I am trying to expand myself to it. Woundvog is quite into scary movies, and I go with him to the movies frequently. So if he wants to see something scary... I go with him to see it. Hmm? Exposure therapy, always. Yeah. Anyway, that'll be all for now, I think. And But if you're interested in having us have more conversations about this, well, we're probably going to. We've got three more weeks of Bootober. So tune in. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you might want us to talk about. But for now, we're going to go to Suggestions of the Week. I think Oryx is more on brand for the topic. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah. Uh, this is one of the other horror movies I've rewatched. I watched recently uh, called Cobwebs. I haven't heard of it. Uh, had a big splashy trailer. Everyone was like, oh, that looks like it's going to be interesting. Uh, the premise is there's a little boy. He hears knocking in his walls. His parents are telling him that he's not, that there's nothing in his walls and he just needs to be behaved. Um, it is, the set designs are very, it's a weird, hard to describe movie. Again, jumps ahead of the plot. Eventually he starts hearing a little girl's voice talking to him in the walls telling him not to trust his parents. Uh, Anthony Starr is in this, playing Homelander, basically. I mean, Anthony Starr is really good at that role. Well, the parents are coded, su- or super heavy uh, abuse coded. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the thing they were trying to convince you was happening. And I mean, I figured out, I knew, I figured out where it was going about 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, I know exactly where this is going because, well, they're trying way too hard to get me to focus on the left hand and I can clearly see what the right hand is doing. I don't know why, but something about what you're saying makes me think of, what's that movie where the kid is worried about his parents and it turns out like they're cannibals or something? That's an old Goosebumps story. I swear there was a real horror movie like that too, although I do- Oh, wait, there is, yes. Oh, what's it called? It's got, what's his name? Dennis Quaid, not Dennis Quaid, the other Quaid, Randy Quaid. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Bob Chipman did a Schlocktober on it. Yeah, and this movie is B grade schlock at its finest because again, you know what's gonna happen, like you can figure it out, but it's really well put together, and the payoff at the end is like, okay, that was worth the ninety minutes just to see this big, fuck yeah kind of style weird ending. It's got, I don't want to spoil it, so it's, I got tiptoe on it. It's Good. It's on, what's it available on? I rented this. This is currently for rent because it was okay. just coming out. I think it was video on demand. Now it's up for rental. It's good. It's just not great. All right. Well, my suggestion of the week isn't really Bootober or scary related, so I'm not going to talk about it very long. If you have Netflix, give, go give Netflix's One Piece live action a shot. It's fucking amazing. And I'm probably going to suggest it for like the next several episodes because it deserves the views. It's great. Yeah, that people are genuinely excited for that. I'm like, well, that's good. I'm glad that it turned out as good as everyone hoped it would. Yeah, again, I don't really feel like going into a whole lot of detail right here. Just go give the first episode a watch. If you don't care about it after that, I'm not going to blame you, but at least give it a shot. It's great. Now, if only Netflix would pay their goddamn writers. I literally went and asked Woonvog, hey, is it morally okay for me to do this? Because I feel iffy about it. And he said, there's not been a call for a general strike yet. So it's okay. But I will tell you that despite my love of One Piece and me telling you, go watch One Piece live action, if the strikers 
call for a strike, I'll be the first one to cancel my fucking subscription. Just saying. Like, there's a line. Yeah. And again, Netflix, pay your goddamn writers, you greedy fuckheads. Yes, agreed. Anyways, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. Do all the things that we have to ask of you because we don't get paid. And... Come on, you want more of this. You want to share this with your friend. Give the gift of podcasting. And that gift of podcasting can come from one of the many different platforms that we are released on. I don't have a list like I used to. It just says everywhere, which we're not really everywhere, but we're on a bunch of places. But if you find one of those places that we're not on, tell us about it. And if it's feasible and within our budget, we'll make it happen. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. Shield, brother. Absolutely right. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable.